if you're an entrepreneur, speaker, author, coach, the biggest piece of advice I think I could give you is just to stay real to who you are, be genuine, be authentic, and don't change who you are. Unless you're cursing people out on Twitter, you might want to change that. But other than that, just be genuine. Don't have shiny monkey syndrome. Don't try to do what everybody else is doing. Take some time to be still, to be quiet, and to really get intentional about what it is you want for your business and your life. And then as the as the ideas come to you, stick to those and write them out. Don't do a million things a few times. Do those few things a million times and you will eventually find success. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. And our co-host today, our official co-host, of course, is Kamanzi Constable from KamanziConstable.com. Aloha, Kamanzi. Aloha, Jared. I'm so excited for this episode because of my new mic that you got me. And then afterwards, I will be singing well, don't sing and cause our guests to leave. But before we t- introduce our guests, we have Vernon Ross from VernonRoss.com. Vernon, always a pleasure. How, how are you, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's a pleasure to be here today. Absolutely. And so the main event is Patrice Washington. She is the number one bestselling author of the new book, Real Money Answers for Men, the ultimate playbook for financial success. Patrice is the money maven on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. She's also a spokesperson for MyFreeTaxes.com. Patrice is a mom and a wife. Patrice, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Can I say aloha even though I just live in Atlanta? <laughs> of course. Kamanzi is in Maui. That's why we say that. <laughs> nice. Well, aloha. How's everyone? Uh, aloha. You're invited to come out here, Patrice, and um, we could have some coffee and chat books and stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> well, she- <laughs> She knows a little bit about that. I mean, you just launched this book yesterday, so congrats on the launch. Thank you. Thank you. It went really well. It's still going on, but we started no doubt. with a bang. Okay, so we like to start Star of the Doubts with a bang. So the question we ask everybody, Patrice, is what is the best concert that you have ever been to? The best concert I have ever been to was Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation in like 80-something I was like eight years old and I had no business being there. It was totally inappropriate, (laughs) but it was the best thing I had ever seen in my life. (laughs) And don't judge my mother, but don't judge my mom. Well, your mom has good taste in music. How about that? She does. It's cool. (laughs) All right. Let's roll into finish this sentence. Would you kick us off, Vernon? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So finish this sentence. If you ever visit Dubai. Oh, this is for me. This is for you. (laughs) This is for okay. you. So all for you. <laughs> so if you, I'm going to have you finish this sentence. So if you ever visit Dubai, if I ever visit Dubai, blank. <laughs> if if you ever visit Dubai, so right. the listener. Yeah. Oh, if you ever visit Dubai, just lay on the floor everywhere you go because I heard their streets are paved with gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. That. I don't know. I haven't, been, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I thought you had been to Dubai. Oh, no, so. I was supposed to go last year. Hopefully, uh, it, I'll go this year. So if you ever visit, actually go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And then lay down. <laughs> and then lay down and just roll around everywhere. All right. I'm going to do that. Okay, Patrice, this one is going to be right up your wheelhouse. Finish this sentence. In order to sell more books than Steve Harvey. Go on the Steve Harvey show. <laughs> Ooh, that was easy. <laughs> So and then that, you'll sell more books than Steve Harvey. Hey, yeah, Patrice. yeah, he'll pump you up. 
He won't do it that much about his own books, but if you go on, oh my gosh, he will talk you up and pump you up. So do that. So uh, Jared, it sounds like we're getting an invitation from Patrice. Uh, well, I don't know that we're getting an invitation, but I do think it's ironic that we have a fellow author here, Patrice and Kamanzi, and Kamanzi just did a book promotion. And at one point in that book promotion, his book outsold one of Steve Harvey's books. Nice. So, Congrats. That was kind of a, a cool moment for Kamanzi. Very Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I thought Kamanzi was going to share that, but he was too humble. Well, to no, it. that's not what I thought we were going to share. Patrice, Jared is too <laughs> humble to share that him and I co-wrote a book. And we just signed a book deal with the publisher, and that will be out later this year. Yay! It, hey, it's yeah. no Patrice. You know, no, but you guess start. what? Me too. I just got a book deal too. Look at this. What? Look at all this. Well, hold on. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Tell us about it. How did you not drop that on my show? <laughs> that happened afterwards. Oh, that my God. Afterwards. You know, it's something new every week, Vernon. You have to keep up. I know, right? Yeah. What details can you uh, unleash on this call about your uh, book deal? It's very nice. And uh, (laughs) I'm excited about it. And no, I'll be releasing something in August of this year, actually. I can't really go into too many details yet, but I definitely got a deal as well. And we'll be releasing something later this year. And you can just look forward to the Real Money Answers series continuing. Man, I love that. Oh, well, no rest for the weary, too. You just put out a book and now, oh, yeah, you got to do another one. So let's talk about the one you just released, <laughs> uh, Real Money Answers for Men, the ultimate playbook for financial success. So can you talk about some of the warning signs and red flags of a financially irresponsible person that men should watch out for when getting into a relationship? Yeah, you know, I really wanted to include that in this book because you know, men are always being warned about the gold diggers. You know, they're always, oh, look out for the gold diggers. Women just want your money. And I was really, after talking to the focus group of men who helped me put this book together, going, wait a minute, there are some really great guys out there who get taken advantage of, you know, all the time. It's not a male or female thing. It's just irresponsible people, you know, that you kind of run into. And so one of them is you got to beware. It's a red flag to me when you meet someone and they have the luxury car and they live in the nice ritzy side of town. And then you walk into their high rise condo and they have no furniture. What the hell? (laughs) Like, what is that about? That's not a red flag to you. I mean, there's not that much redecorating in the world. There's not that much waiting on custom furniture. If a person says I've lived here for a year and they're still, I mean, they're a grown person and they're rocking a futon, that's a red flag. That says, you know, I'm not responsible, but I put all my money into my pieces. You guys don't agree? Well, I, I've just now decided to get rid of my futons. <laughs> You're kidding? I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, Patrice. No. But, but if, if, you have even a coffee if, table I, too, if you have a futon with, you know, a coffee table, maybe I can let you slide. Did you have a coffee table? No. Well, what if they just have <laughs> taste? <laughs> what if they have different tastes? They have bad taste. You know? Bad taste? I mean, there's a difference between bad taste and an empty condo. Yeah, that's true. Empty? Nothing? <laughs> You're like 35, 40? Nah, I'm not going for that. I'm not going for that. But another yeah. red flag is being aware of people who, you know, you can see kind of on the phone. They don't have that privacy guard on their cell phone, on that big I6 plus or whatever. And you can see all those 800 numbers coming in, but they never answer. 
Mm. Who's calling? What is, is someone looking for their money? What is that about? You just let that slide and continue on with dinner or the movie. Those are, it's like simple things that we just don't pay attention to, but we should. I just thought she was popular. I had no idea. 800 numbers? (laughs) 800 numbers? Populars with the bill collectors. (laughs) With the bill collectors, right. That's not a good thing. (laughs) That's funny. So the next question is from me. In the book, you included your statement about being the CEO of your life. And I wanted to know, why did you include that in the book? I know it's important to you. And if you could go into that a little bit. So... I really believe in affirming things over your life because I believe it just helps us take control of how we see ourselves and how we show up. And so I love I am the CEO of my life because it just puts us back in charge. You know, I know, especially because of the recession and a lot of people's financial lives have changed over the last four or five, six years. And a lot of men in particular, you know, They identify with their money, like their money makes them who they are for a lot of men. And so I wanted to remind men that you still have control over how this whole thing pans out. You know, no matter what happened, no matter what financial failures you've been through, no matter what mistakes you've made, you are still in control of this, this business, which is your life, yourself, you're still in control and you still have the power to make the right decisions. You still have the power to control who gets to come in and out of your life. If you let a gold digger in or not, you have the power to just say, this is my life and I can turn things around. I can achieve my goals if I really want to and if I really put the work in. It's not for anybody else to say. It's not for other people to decide for you. You're responsible and you have the power to do it. So it's just a reminder about that. Oh, that is awesome. So in this section about family, you talk about not taking away a person's ability to hustle. I'm very interested to hear about that. Yeah. You know, we're all born with unique gifts. Each one of us on this call and everyone who's listening is born with a unique gift, a talent, an ability, a skill, something that they do better than anyone else with the least amount of effort. It's effortless, right? And then we get to a point or, you know, there are folks who get to a point where for whatever reason they've fallen down or they never were really trained to figure out what that gift, that skill, that talent was in the first place. And they go through life feeling like other people owe them something. Entitlement, enablement, whatever you call it, you know, they feel as if other people owe them something. And then the responsible people in their lives, which I'm going to assume, you know, would be Someone like myself or Vernon, Jared. I don't know. The verdict's out on Kamazi. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a food job. <laughs> <laughs> right. He has a food job. Well, no, but then the responsible people in your life feel like, well, they're responsible for your life. You know, not only are they responsible for themselves, now they're responsible for you. You know, I always have to warn people to help folks that are in those predicaments, to help them, you really have to sometimes stop helping them. Because the only way they're going to figure out what that gift, that talent, that skill is, is if they get up and go out and hustle and figure it out. You figure it out through trial and error. You figure it out, you know, just by being out in the world and experiencing things and trying. Even if you fail, you're failing forward. And sometimes, especially when we have, I meet a lot of parents with grown children and they're like so afraid. Well, if I don't pay his bills, he'll be out on the street. Maybe he needs to get out on the street because maybe that would help him 
figure out what he needs to do to take care of himself because you won't always be there. We won't always be here for the people in our lives who need to figure it out the most. And so I think it's better to help people hustle. I'd rather help you with your hustle than have you just hustle off of me until I'm gone. And then you move on to the next person. I'll support anyone in figuring out what that gift is, but I won't stand in their way of figuring it out. And I think that's what a lot of us do. We stand in the way of other people figuring out that hustle. Definitely makes me grateful for uh, a wife who did let me have that hustle and was very supportive. Me too. (laughs) That's awesome. So Patrice, switching gears a little bit, you were just named the national spokesperson for MyFreeTaxes.com. How did that whole thing actually come to pass? That whole thing came to pass because I went to FinCon, where I Mm -hmm. met both of you guys. I went to FinCon in St. Louis, right, in 2013, and was walking back in the cold from a restaurant to the host (laughs) hotel and start chatting with a woman on the street. And, you know, we exchanged cards, we chatted, we talked about what we did, what our visions were. No big deal. You know, it's common networking when you're somewhere. And didn't think anything of it. And I looked up several months later and actually got an email from them saying, we've been watching you since you met one of our colleagues at FinCon last year. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A year later, about a few weeks before the 2014 FinCon, we got the email and we started, you know, just talking about what we could create. And to me, you know, there were so many times in there when I would get so busy or I would get discouraged, or I would just be tired. And you know how it is, guys. Sometimes you don't want to show up. Sometimes you don't feel like it. I'm tired. I want to focus on my husband. I want to focus on my daughter. And I don't feel like it. And I would just, you know, be reminded by maybe an email or an Instagram, you know, note that there were people out there watching. There's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. And I would push on and do it anyway. And so, to look up and receive this email and have someone say, we've been watching you for a year. What if I had stopped tweeting or what if I had stopped writing or, you know, I didn't show up anymore, then that could have been an opportunity that totally passed me by. So that's something I would say to anyone. There's always someone watching you with the power to bless you. And if you give up too soon, you might not ever, you know, be able to reap the benefits of that. And so really excited about the partnership about the opportunity to spread the word that for those who have a household income of $60,000 or less, you can file your taxes and all your federal and state taxes in all 50 states and uh, the District of Columbia for absolutely free. Plus get free support because you know the IRS is cutting down on support. They (laughs) 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 They don't have the funds to take all these calls this year. So it's a great service that allows people to get to ask their questions via email, to pick up the phone and call, to do an online chat and get support from IRS certified specialists. And really more than 50% of households earn or have a household income of less than $60,000 per year. So this is a really great service that's going to benefit a lot of people. And I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, that is awesome and and great news. And nothing ever happens to me like that when I talk to random (laughs) women on the street. You know what happens to me? They answer their 800 numbers. It's, it's kind of it's frustrating. Well, that's not true, Vernon, because I mean, it didn't turn into a five figure deal or anything. But, you know, we're friends from meeting well, at Fitcon. That's true. That is true. Right? Come on, right? 
Well, not yet. It hadn't turned into a five-figure income. I'm working on it. Patrice, Patrice, the last woman that I talked to on the street had a futon. Yeah. yeah the, and you ran the other way, right? Right. <laughs> she was going to file her taxes. All right. So, uh, Patrice, there's a lot of people. You, you have had some amazing wins in the last few years, and you're very intentional, and you're doing some awesome stuff. Congrats on your success. There's a lot of people that are now looking up to you. They are watching you, like you said. So what advice would you give aspiring speakers and coaches that want to follow in your footsteps? The first piece of advice I would give is to be very clear about what you want to create. Like you said, I've been, I have been intentional. You know, I feel very blessed and very fortunate for the opportunities that I've had. But I also know that I work really hard. I'm not sitting around waiting for someone to create an opportunity for me. I create my own. And I've been really good about, I could blow up anything. I could be like, oh, I sneezed today and make it into the most, the sexiest, you know, Facebook message ever, (laughs) Facebook post. (laughs) And people will be like, oh my gosh, yes. So, you know, people are so scared to self-promote and people who know me, like Vernon knows me, I'm not an obnoxious person. At least I don't think so. And I do think that One of my qualities that my husband says, at least, is that I I am a humble person. I really do have humility. But in the same respect, I understand that it's a crowded world out here, especially online. There are so many messages that are going back and forth every day. And it's your job to make sure that your message stands out. That's not anyone else's job to pick up your photo or your image or your podcast or blog and run with it. It's about what intention are you putting out behind it? And before we do anything, Um, On my team, we set intentions. Like, what do we want to get out of this? What is the purpose? There are things that I've done in the past. I've done a lot of speaking for free before I start getting paid what I get paid now. You know, I did a lot of things for free. I created my own opportunities. But the intention was always that we were going to do that until we could get to a point where we could prove that I was worth what I knew I was worth before anyone else would recognize I was worth it. And so that's what we set out for in 2012. And so the last couple of years, yeah, it's been a manifestation of a lot of intention that was set three to four years ago. So I guess in a nutshell, be intentional, be okay with tooting your own horn. You have to, you have to toot it until someone else gets on the bandwagon and will toot for you, you know, and treat everyone well, treat people with respect. Because again, there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. And it's amazing to me how crazy people act, even when they're just starting out and they don't even have a real platform and they're nasty or they're rude or they're not professional or they don't respond to people or they don't get back to people. It's like, really? You don't know who you're talking to or you don't know who this person is connected to. And it's not always just about what they can do for you. I mean, but at the at least be aware. And I'm surprised at how many people are not aware that someone's watching you and your actions matter. You know, I'm surprised at how many speakers, honestly, you guys and coaches, I have seen literally like curse people out like on Twitter because they mix their personal and their business way too deeply. And then they'll curse someone out on Twitter. And then in the next tweet, say, I can be your life coach. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. That's odd. Like, you know, so be in alignment. Do be who you say you are, like show up that way in person and online, because when you're not authentic and you're not genuine, people can feel it. Eventually, your crazy will come out and it'll show everywhere. <laughs> like that and one. if there's someone wa- who's watching you for 12 months to decide if they want to hire you, 
it could be that one bad day that you act like a crazy person and it kills it and you would have never known. Mm. Never known. So be careful. Patrice, um, this is just what I needed. I don't know about the other two guys, but um, this was just what I needed and just what I need to hear. So I, I want to thank you for coming on. But Patrice, with all the attention that you're getting and all the cool things that you're doing and exposure, how do you keep grounded? How do I keep grounded? Well, one, I'm very clear that what I do is not about me. I really feel that what I do is my ministry. I believe in my heart that I was born to do this. I was born to help people in this way. And so I don't think that it's about me. Every time an opportunity comes along, you know, I'm excited about it, but I really see it as a way to help more and more people. And if I can do anything, you know, I don't think that I'm here to save the world. But if I could say one thing or I can demonstrate one thing that'll help someone regain their hope or just be better or do better, then I take that very seriously. And that's what I focus on. It's an opportunity to bless more people or reach more people. The other thing is, it's all about my family, you know, too. On the other part, for me as an individual, like my number one job is to be Gerald Washington's wife and Reagan Washington's mother and the best daughter that I can be to my mom. So I don't get big headed because I'm not pumped up on any of it. It's I've made lots of money before. My first business that I started out of college was a seven-figure business. It did very well. I was 25 years old um, with a bunch of money and cars and homes and all that great stuff. And then I lost it all. And I was sleeping in a very cold apartment. Not a futon. (laughs) Not a futon. No, but a very cold apartment in New Orleans with no friends, no family, scraping up change to feed my daughter. And so I think when you've been able to experience both extremes, whatever that looks like for you, you remember and you realize that there's something bigger at play here and it's just not about you. And what's most important is doing something you love with people you like and surrounding yourself with the people that mean the most to you. And I think that's what I've been able to do. So that's it. Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, Patrice, with three books published, actually four, because if you count the one from college, right? No, it's three. It's okay. Three. I, was say, I thought it was four, but no, it's three. You well, know, soon, soon it'll be four. Off. It'll be four in August. Yeah. The college book has a different, has an updated cover. So that kind of throws people off. Ah, okay. That's what the room is. Yeah. There's three books. So like with three books published, you've got to have some writing tips or like some success tips for writers to be able to get a book published because you're doing another one in August and you just did one. So let us in on some of those secrets. (laughs) First of all, I'm a crazy person. Um, What are some of my writing secrets? Well, one of the first things I do when I set out to write anything is to think about, again, being intentional. What's the real impact that I wanted to have on the reader? You know, I meet a lot of people who want to write a book for the sake of writing a book or they want to write a book because of them, you know? Like, oh, I just want to share my story. Okay, share your story with who and why and how is it going to help them? Like, it can't just be about you or you can write a book and print one copy and keep it at the house. But if you're trying to write something that's actually going to help other people, you know, be very intentional about what that looks like and why. I was very clear about why I was writing my books for the intended audience, but also for how it would shape my career as I move forward. And so first thing is to get intentional. Be sure that you know why you're doing it. Like, what's your why? 
my second thing is always to just outline it and get a good feel for, for where I'm going. Just create a general outline. And then one of the things that I do is I just write and write and write and write. And then I go back later and start to read it and kind of organize it. And I think what holds a lot of people up, why it takes people 10 years to write a book is because every time they open that Word document, they start reading it again from the first page. And then they read and read and read and then they correct (laughs) and then they read and then they correct and then they read and they like, they never make any progress because they're so worried about everywhere being perfect. And initially you just have to get it out. So I'll write and write and write and never go back and read what I wrote until I'm probably almost done with the book. See, I didn't know you could see my webcam. (laughs) (laughs) You've been doing? Oh, I I had struggled with that for a moment. Uh Uh-huh. I know a lot of people. I've had clients where I've had to literally like, no, like send it to us. I'll save it for you. And then you start on a fresh sheet and just write what you Mm -hmm. need to write. Like stop going back and overanalyzing because then you're paralyzed by, by that whole perfection thing. And, you know, a lot of people may have more perfect books than I do. And that's great. You spent a lot of time writing. But while you were doing that, I was coming up with a marketing plan to actually sell books. I don't care that it's 150 percent perfect. And then I sell three books, my mom, my dad and my husband. You know, like I do this again, the intention is to change people's lives, like change the masses. So therefore, I don't have time to read the same words over and over again. Not to mention, I'm not an editor. And that's another thing I I think, especially for those of us who self-publish, we also will write a book and then we read it over and over again, thinking that we can catch everything. You can't catch your own mistakes. You're too used to them. So you have to hire a professional editor to help you flush it out anyway. So why waste your time going over it over and over and over and over again? By then, an editor would have chopped it up, put it back together, and you can move forward. That's good. Hey, Patrice, we talked about people watching you. So would you be willing to share just one story that the way you've helped somebody or how you've changed their life through your intentions and through what you've been doing. Oh my gosh. What's one really good story. I can honestly say you guys, and I'm not joking that I get like an email or Facebook message just about every day. Well, I'll tell you one story actually that happens here. I live in Mableton, Georgia, and I was at a shell station one day filling up and this woman walks by and she's like, Ooh, I like your car. It wasn't even my car. It was my husband's car. But she was like, oh, I like your car. I would, I would love to have a car like that. And I said, well, what I would love for you to have is the finances to maintain a car like that. Because a lot of people can get a car, but if they can't maintain it, like what good is it? She's like, you're right. That's such a good point. And so we start talking and she says she just moved to Atlanta. And, um, you know, everyone in Atlanta has a beautiful car and and they dress up and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, you have to. So I'm telling her, like, you have to be impeccable with your word choice. Everyone does not have a luxury car because we know that there are homeless people in Atlanta, just like in every, you know, other metropolitan city across the country. I'm like, everyone is not doing as well as they seem. Some people are mortgaged up to their eyeballs, you know, and they're drowning in debt to keep up an appearance. And I said, you know, my prayer for you, though, is that you can make and manage and multiply your money wisely. And so I said all these things. I never said my name. I never said who I was, what I did. I didn't say anything. So 
we parted. I blessed her. Like, you know, I hope you have a wonderful life here in Atlanta. Don't try to keep up with people. Do what works for you. Do what's best for you. So next day, Facebook, get a, a message. She goes, hi, Miss Washington. I'm not sure if you remember me, but I think I met you at the Shell station yesterday. I'm like, what? <laughs> I go, what? Wow. That's crazy, right? Now, I don't know if this is an inspirational story or a stalker story kind of, but so I go, what? That's kind of crazy, you know, because she never acknowledged that she might recognize me. And I don't even think that people would. Like, I know I put my face on everything, guys, but I honestly, I don't think that people would actually recognize me in real life. So, you know, she sends me this long message and she goes, I thought that was you when I saw you in the gas station. I downloaded your book on Kindle last night and I read the entire thing in one night. She's like, and I can't tell you how you changed my life. She's like, I can't believe that you are so much in person, what you're like online and what you're like in this book. I felt like because I knew your voice from talking to you at the gas station, like I was reading that book and you were talking directly to me. And so every once in a while, she'll just kind of send, that was about six or seven months ago. Um, And then around Christmas time, she joined one of my calls. I did a call about helping people, you know, not going to debt for the holidays. And she joined one of the calls and she sent me another Facebook message and said, you just don't know how you've changed my life. Like I've changed the whole focus of why I even thought I moved to Atlanta. And I, I feel like I'm in a much better place. And so it's just stuff like that. Like, again, you just never know. You never know. Like, what if I was nasty at the gas station? What if I was mm. like, look, lady, it's hot. I don't have time to talk to you. You know, <laughs> like whatever. Or just act if I didn't even know that she recognized me because she never let on. But just getting her last email in December that basically was like, you know, you don't know how much you blessed me and stuff like that. It's like you don't know who the words are for when you're writing or when you're speaking. You don't know who it's for. But as long as somebody gets blessed by it and they have a shift and a transformation, then you've done your job. And so stories like that that remind me that I've done my job. Patrice, who is doing something that interests you right now? Who is doing something that interests me? Man, that's a good question. You can say Vernon if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of folks that are doing things that interest me, you know, but I'm very careful about having um, shiny monkey syndrome. You know, as an entrepreneur, you know how you see something and you're like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks fast. Oh, if they could do it, I could do it. Oh, I could totally do this. I used to suffer from shiny monkey syndrome and I have since been delivered because it almost drove me crazy trying to do a million things at once. And so... You know, there's a lot of people. I mean, I admire you guys. I admire anyone who's willing to get out there and share their perspective and their voice and not be afraid to share their success tips and their secrets for fear that other people will come in and steal it. Like, I admire anyone, all you guys who have podcasts and even our girl, Brandy, Brandy Butler, you know, who has the podcast and she's doing her thing. And, you know, all these women who are out here, men and women who are out here doing amazing things. I admire everyone. I really do. I really, I don't come at people from some type of judgmental space because I think all of our work has a place. And then as long as someone can be blessed by it, then it's a win. It doesn't have to look like mine or be something that I'm necessarily into. But as long as you're doing work that helps other people, I'm all for it. So I love all you guys. that's awesome so patrice tell people tell listeners where is the best place that people can get a copy of your book and stay connected with you online the best place uh, now to get a copy of the book is either on amazon.com 
or barnesandnoble.com. And to stay connected with me, you can go to realmoneyanswers.com and you can just connect with me. I love people connecting with me on social media. So seek wisdom PCW. Seek wisdom PCW is my handle on Instagram, on Twitter, and also my Facebook fan page. Stay connected. And I have a really great challenge coming up, you guys. I'm doing a, a couple's money challenge for the month of February for Love Month. And I'm really excited about that because I'm going to be doing a lot of giveaways of books and different products and programs and things that I have because I really want to help couples get it together and create the financial intimacy that we need to keep our households running smoothly. Because you guys know how it goes. When the money's funny at home, so is the funny. (laughs) Well said. All right. So, Patrice, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Final thoughts for the listeners. Well, in particular, if you're, and I'm assuming, an entrepreneur, speaker, author, coach, the biggest piece of advice I think I could give you is just to stay real to who you are. Be genuine. Be authentic. And don't change who you are. Unless you're cursing people out on Twitter, you might want to change that. But other than that, just be genuine. Don't have shiny monkey syndrome. Don't try to do what everybody else is doing. Take some time to be still, to be quiet, and to really get intentional about what it is you want for your business and your life. And then as the the ideas come to you, stick to those and ride them out. Don't do a million things a few times. Do those few things a million times and you will eventually find success. Oh, well said. Patrice, best wishes to you and your new book and your family and just all the amazing things you have going on. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you guys so much. I appreciated it. Thanks, Patrice. Thanks. And so I wanted to remind men that you still have control over how this whole thing pans out. You know, no matter what happened, no matter what financial failures you've been through, no matter what mistakes you've made, you are still in control of this, this business, which is your life, yourself, you're still in control and you still have the power to make the right decisions. You still have the power to control who gets to come in and out of your life. If you let a gold digger in or not, you have the power to just say, this is my life and I can turn things around. 